And now, Dan Happel's Connecting the Dots. If tomorrow all the things were gone, I'd work for all my life. And I had to start again with just my children and my wife. I thank my lucky stars to be living here today. Where the flag still stands for freedom and they can't take that away. The men who died, who gave that right to me, and I gladly stand up next to you and defend her still today. Cause there ain't no doubt I love this land. God bless the USA. Well, here we are. Here we are. What a privilege that uh, I and David have to try and fit the cowboy boots of Dan Happel, which, as we know, is impossible. But let's just say Dan Happel, who has done, been doing this show for a number of years, who has been at the tip of the spear of spreading truth to America and around the world. And it is a real privilege that I and my dear, dear friend, David Summerall of StopHate.com, and that inspiration in regard to Gen 6 and fighting for people's freedom and justice in this great country that we call America, which presently right now I actually find myself in. I just want to say something and just reflect on something. Um, and this is where my heart is leading at the moment, and which I am burdened with. And I know Chris Moore said that people do care about what's going on in this nation. But in certain conversations I am having, and maybe it's a generational thing, but we have got a heck of a fight on our hands in waking people up and waking people up in regard to the injustice that's going on. That's just some of my, that's just an initial thought right now. And I feel, I don't mean that to be rude. I don't mean that to be any rebuke. I feel very emotional in saying that because what happens here affects the rest of the world. It's something that I've been banging on about and banging on about and banging on about for a long time. And I'm very privileged to call people like David Summerall, well, one of my closest friends. And it is such a privilege that we can sit here and we can talk and we can express our opinions. And that is why we have to do this on a regular basis. So, David, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you um, from the bottom of my heart for all that you are doing at the moment. And one thing, the main thing that I, I really want you to express, and I'm sorry that I can only be here for an hour, and then we, God willing, we'll show uh, your incredible work of, of uh, Bloody Hill and rewriting history, those documentaries, because we need to uh, remind people of where they're at. David, I have... I'm not saying this again to blow blue smoke, as we say, up my own backside or anyone else's backside, but I'm fully aware of the trips that you make across the country to DC to go into the courtroom 
to be a witness for a number of people in regard to the uh, J6 persecution. I have the privilege to phone you and pray for you on that journey. And right now, I just ask everyone that gives us the listening, uh, their listening ears to remember David and StopHate.com and all that's going on in regard to Jan 6 in your prayers. I would also like to quickly add someone else to that, which is a dear friend of mine as well, and someone that David and I have had the privilege to interview, which is Kevin Shipp. So CIA whistleblower, please remember him right now in your prayers. David, um, my dear friend, a few weeks ago, you were in front of Marjorie Taylor Greene, Matt Gates, in regard to a, a committee inquiry with, um, with others. And I just wondered if, if you could explain what happened that day. And we begin the conversation by bringing an update to all that's going on, if that's okay with you. Absolutely, brother, man. Listen, what what a great uh, start to a program. It's good to see you. It's good to see that your heart is in the right place. This is a tough time, man. And I know that through, you know, our conversations, it has been weighing heavy on your heart. And that's where everybody needs to be. That's the place. That's the reality. And uh, I don't know, man, I'm an emotional wreck. I'll just tell you like that and uh, have been for a long time. And it's, you know, I hate to come on and just start like this, but good grief, guys. Mark can see it from across the pond. There's not the support that we need. There's not the numbers. There's not the volume. Sure, people care. All four or five of them, what is it? We can't get prayers. We can't get churches. We can't get funding. We can't get support. We can't get people to show up at the courthouse or at Freedom Corner or for their congressmen or their senators. I mean, how hard is it to pray for prisoners? Doesn't the Bible say that? And and yet here we are. And yeah, it's 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 tough, man. And and testifying in these court cases is one thing. Um these guys are never going to find justice in a DC court with a DC judge and a DC jury. That's just not going to happen. That's why it's happening the way it is. But we had a, a little glimmer of hope with that first uh, J six field hearing, Matt Gates put it together, Marjorie Taylor Greene, Paul Gosar, handful of other people, just a few. And we thought that was really going to be, you know, the, the, the kickstart, once again, we, we get our hopes up, our expectations, and and it turns out, you know, C-SPAN put it out. I mean, it, it was it was a great opportunity to show a big chunk of the population that watches that, something they've never seen or heard before, yes. And, of course, you had Jerry Perna, which is Matthew Perna's aunt. Matthew is the guy that, that one of the dozen who have committed suicide because of these charges by the government against them, knowing they're innocent, knowing that they're going to have to pay for crimes they didn't commit. Matthew opted out when they threatened him with sentencing enhancements, terrorism enhancements that would have put him in jail for longer, even though he had already pled out and said, look, just give me what you're going to give me. I, I just want to be over this. 
you know, slap on the hand, whatever. They said, well, this is an opportunity to make an example of you. And he said, not me. And he, he hung himself in his garage. So the committee or the hearing invited Jerry Perna to speak on his behalf. Beautiful. She's a great presenter. She tells the truth. But I'm telling you, that was an opportunity for Marjorie Taylor Greene to stand up there and say, oh, did you hear this horrible story about Matthew Perna? Yeah. So she said, I have to agree with Julie Kelly, who has access to the CCTV camera footage now from the Capitol from January 6th, the however many hours of CCTV footage. Julie has access and Julie had put a thing out that said, I don't think we should release the video because more people will be hunted, you know, by sedition hunters, more J sixers will be put in harm's way. <clears throat> so Marjorie Taylor Greene said that she agrees with Julie. They should not publish all the video like McCarthy said they would. Well, like Marjorie Taylor Greene said they would, but now it's a bad idea that we would have more Matthew Pernas. If this video was released, sedition hunters would make more Matthew Pernas. And I just have to call BS on that again and again and again. The J6ers themselves all want, want all the video in the public. It's exonerating. It shows what happened. It shows who the bad guys really were. It shows who attacked who. It shows a story about January 6th that the media won't tell you, that the lawyers won't tell you, that the judges won't tell you, that your politicians are using for their own personal gain their own control, their own power grab. That's what's happening right now. J6 has been hijacked for the election. Let's go back to something I said a minute ago. Julie Kelly and two others have footage from the day. But you know what they don't have? Two-thirds of the story. They have a third. They have the CCTV cameras. But they do not have the body cams, and they do not have the public vault that we have. So they have a third of the story. You know what's amazingly not in the CCTV footage? The the deaths, the murders, the the absolute brutality, the 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 life-stopping kind is not in the CCTV footage. So, is that intentional that they've only been given so much for a narrative? You know, to me it looks that way. Otherwise, McCarthy would have said, "Here, you can have the same access to this database." that David Sumrall has because he works with the attorneys as an investigator. He can see the body cams, the CCTV, the reports, the documents, the social media posts that they collect, everything. And yet Julie Kelly and the others don't have that authority, that permission. So to me, it looks like they've been given so much of a story to be able to talk about that as we get closer to the election. And then maybe we'll see, will they get the body cam a couple of months before or a few weeks before, or, or will they need that for the campaigns for that final push for that little bit of information for that shock and awe for that total annihilation of the other party? Or is it all just political for both sides and they're letting our people suffer and be tortured and tormented to death in many cases for what? A pound of flesh? And we're seeing this echoed 
in the courts every day, Mark, every single day. So, David, where do we go from here? Where do we go? Because I, and sorry, I was just a bit, just trying to unmute then, but also put my thoughts together. And, I, and I'm not saying that for effect. I mean, let's just roll back. So I am watching you from the UK in front of those, those uh, politicians. And I'm thinking, okay, right, where is this going to go? Please correct me. You were not allowed to speak. At the end of it, Matt Gates says, well, I just need to recognize David Summerall. It's not about you. It's not about you going, I want recognition. Not at all. It's not, you are the last person that, that, that wants that. What the heck is going on here? Because you're absolutely right. Matt Gates and all the others should have just said, let's just let David Summerall speak and let's just let this roll. I cannot disagree with you. Julie Kelly, that's someone that frankly needs to be addressed. I, I will say it, I'm from outside the country. When we are concerned about people writing books and grifting of other people's pain. If the person wants to say, no, I'm not, well, then they can come back and deal with that and give all the money or give a vast percentage of the money that they've made from any book to that. We have a situation where you are, where you are not allowed, let's say, we're gonna to have to call these people out. Why isn't Steve Bannon phoning you up and saying, we need to, you need to come on the show? It's not about you. It's not about you getting the airtime for you. You've been on on Tucker, etc. We are seeing this shutdown politically. Bang. We're she is seeing the shutdown propaganda. Bang. But we are dealing with the appalling death of Ashley Babbitt, Benjamin Phillips, Kevin Griegson, um, Roseanne Boyland and Officer Signick. That is what we are doing. And what I am smelling is a heck of a lot of fear as well, which is what the FBI and all the three-letter agencies want. They don't want people to come forward and stand up. And I salute you in the fact that you are, and you do that. So they didn't ask you to speak um, at all. They recognized, in, of course, the sad situation of of uh, of that uh, lady's brother commi committing or uh, nephew committing suicide. David, um, frankly, and I'm near to tears because I'm also very angry by what I'm seeing because I'm just going, why can't people see it? We are dealing with this propaganda machine that is absolutely evil. Your thoughts? Well, we saw this coming. This is one of those telegraphed moves. You know, when you're in the fight and you're standing there and you see the guy double up his fist and reach as far back as he possibly can and then start coming forward. We've seen this coming forever. Obama 
legalized propaganda, did he not? So listen, if Trump's going to use the tax law to his advantage because it's there, do you think he's not going to use propaganda to his advantage because it's there? I mean, all these people play the same game. We know that D.C. is run on blackmail. That That's the whole name of the whole game for everybody involved. That's why I distance myself from everybody. It's just a game that they play drugs in the bathrooms, whatever, sex. I don't, I don't know power money. I, I don't play those games. So it's hard for me to immerse myself in that thought pattern because I just don't. So I'm like you, man, I sit here and I try to figure out what could motivate these people to do these. Is there enough money in the world to buy your patriotism, to sell off your fellow countrymen, to let them suffer and die? There's not enough for me. And, and where does that stop? Do they not understand that the same ones that pay them to control us will control them for free someday? I mean, that that's the part that I don't get. What is this, a sellout to China? Is it the SPLC working hand in hand again with these politicians, with these universities, with this domestic violent extremist language? I, I, I see it. But where does it stop and where do the people put their foot down? You know, I got in trouble because I, I had Kevin on the program one time, Kevin Ship, and I asked him, you know, at what point we see all these things from the shutdowns, the lockdowns, the mandatory this and that, all the health issues, the, the political things, the the fraud questions, the the, the election problems over and over and, and we see that the elite are in control of us, that, that they don't work for us anymore. We work for them. And when it's time for us to stand up and put our foot down and say, this is enough, this is where we draw the line. They are going to do exactly what they're doing right now to J6ers saying, those are the bad guys. Those are the criminals. When actually that's not the case. The J6ers are not the criminals. They went there to express themselves you know, in the court, I keep hearing these attorneys talking about stop the steal. Yeah, but they went to stop the steal, right? Yeah. Do, do you understand that that's not a physical thing? Stop the steal was the rally cry for the politicians. So they would do the right thing. We're there to make our voices heard. And what we're saying is stop the steal. That's a declarative statement. It's like telling someone to do something, not us doing it ourselves. Stop the steal. Stop the steal. Stop the steal. It's not us saying we're coming to get you. We're going to stop the steal. It's a totally different thing. And yet that freedom of speech, that first amendment that everybody cares so much about, you know, you can't use that for an argument in these cases in DC. And that's the whole reason you went was for a protest to exercise your first amendment rights of free speech and say, stop the steal. And they say, wait, we're going to take that away. You can't use that as your argument because violence happened, all these things. So we're going to take away that and interject your intent. And that is that you were here to overthrow our fragile democracy with your flagpole. And in court last week, I got in trouble again. They try to pin me. Down. Oh, did you talk about vengeance? Yeah, but it's not ours. We want justice. And he's, well, did you say something about if if the Capitol got taken in two hours with nothing but flagpoles, you really don't want to piss these people off? Yeah, I probably did. But did you take it out of context? 
because you're the ones that are saying that we took the capital. Listen, if we took the capital, I would still have a piece of it on my shelf or I'd still be in it. Do you not understand what take the capital means? And it's not just to walk in and say, there, we did that. High five. Let's go home. That was never the intention. And for them to insert or interject that as the intent for people to be there. That's the crime that no other Americans care about. That that's look, man. Let me just keep telling. Look, I feel so more guilty about things that I wasn't a part of in the past. And it's not a white guilt thing. It's a American guilt thing. Look what we did during Jim Crow. How long did it take the white people to get on the black people's team to put an end to that? Too long. We're going through the same thing now. These D.C. juries, they want to punish these people because of what they've been told, because of the lie, because of this whole division thing that everyone thrives on. And it's like I said, when I started Stop Hate back in 1992 during the L.A. riots, it's the division. It's the fact that they can take anything, sex, religion, health, and make it political. And once they make it political, they can divide us right down the middle. And like I cried about in Bloody Hill... They want us to kill each other. They want us to have a civil war, and we don't want violence. We want to put an end to this, but not like that. These are our brothers and sisters. The civil war was the worst time in our history. We do not need a repeat. We've had our emotional event. It was on January 6th. Four of our people were murdered by the police. We were blamed for it, thrown in prison for it. Our families destroyed, our homes, our vehicles taken, our futures, our history. What little bit of savings, all just trashed. For what? Politics? Again? And where is the uproar? Where are the churches? Where are the people that are willing to speak out like they did for the blacks in the 60s to say enough is enough? But yet these jurors... They think they're doing good work. They think they're punishing people that deserve it because of the lies of the media, of the government on both sides, guys. We have to face the facts that it's a uniparty. There is no differentiation between the two. It's two wings of the same bird. And we need to pull them both off and just be a dodo, I guess, at that point, because the wings are doing us no good. Not at all. They don't work for us. They don't represent us. They don't sound like me, look like me, act like me, talk like me, think like me. I can't think of one person up there that represents me. And I, I bet most people watching this feel the same because they don't. And look, there are ways we can beat that. We just have to be educated and willing to be active. And when you talk about active, that's the whole reason me and Mark are sitting here today because Mark decided to come to America in 2018, 2018. Well, it was uh, 2017, my first one, but you and I met in 2019 when I was, well, I spoke at a meeting in 2018, but we met in 2019 when I spoke at that rally. But the important part is after January 6th, which you were totally aware of, because we did the podcast the next day, I spoke to you on the trip on the way down there. We were mm. in contact mm. the whole time. We talk almost mm. every day. Mm. But you introduced me to Dan mm. and Mr. Griffin and the Red Pill Expo. The rest is history. That's the reason 
that we put out writing history, the first documentary we did. And lo and behold, it's so funny how God works. And, and I know Mr. Griffin is not a big God fan at all. And, and hey, that's okay. Everybody makes choices. They're not always the right one. And we do have to answer for those at some point. It's called judgment. We all go there. So just be ready, Mr. Griffin. I pray for you that you find God because he's already found you. He's just waiting for you. But here's the thing. That's a God moment. The Red Pill Expo was scheduled for June 5th. So I made this little documentary because I didn't want to speak. I just wanted to show because I can't do justice to what people can see through a video. So I made a 37 minute video because I had a 45 minute window, a couple minutes to talk before, a couple minutes to say thank you afterwards. And I showed it to Dan and, and Ed and they were like, no, no, too much violence, too much language. We have kids in the crowd and I was really upset and I didn't understand at first, but that's the way God works too. He had it in mind for me to do a PowerPoint presentation and explain the film. And then people can watch the film and understand everything. And it's a beautiful thing. But the beautiful God part about that is the expo was on the fifth. So I told Daniel Goodwin, my employee, let's put it on the website the day before. So it'll be propagated. And when people click on it, it works. Let's make sure to test it. June 4th is the anniversary of Tiananmen Square where if I remember correctly, a government mowed down innocent protesters threw a bunch of them in prison indefinitely because they were pro-democracy and, and they went to make their voices heard and the government silenced them. And we just had another anniversary of that not long ago. And guess what? That same government is still silencing people who speak out about that day 20 some odd years ago. Do you think our government is any different because I think they're owned by the same people at the end of the day. So that's the seriousness of where we are. And, and I don't think people realize it's like the Vietnam guys when they came home you know, from war. Yeah, some people did some horrible bad things. Yes, granted, some people did some bad things on January 6th too. Did everyone do those bad things? No. So why put them all in the same pot? Why do that? There are people that are innocent that you're not supporting that you could be with a prayer or a letter or $5 a month and you're not doing it. Shame on you. And, and yeah, I know that's kind of personal, but good grief, get involved, get active, find a reason, reach out and read one of these stories, go to stophate.com, scroll down and find the book and buy a copy, read 30 some odd letters from guys in the prison, experiencing what they're experiencing. And you tell me, you be the judge. Everybody wants to be so judgmental, but they don't want to look at the facts. Read some of these stories from some of these victims, from some of these hostages of, of them wanting you to call their child and tell their child that daddy loves them because they can't. Did you know these people didn't have visitation for over two years or a church service or a haircut for a year or trim their toenails or fingernails for a year? I mean, the diesel therapy of moving from prison to prison to prison. So you can't get sorted. You can't get settled. You can't get your commissary in line. You, you have to eat this food that they put chemicals or urine or feces in. All these are true stories, guys. Do we not care that it's happening on American soil? Oh, the consensus is, yeah, we care. Just not enough to do anything. And I'm not saying be violent. I'm saying be loud. Look, man, when I did the Red Pill Expo, I walked out on the stage and said, January 6th was Patriots Day. 
It's the most patriotic day in our history. And they're not going to take that away from us. People showed up at the right place at the right time to do the right thing. We can't help that we got attacked, but I can be proud of the people for not killing anyone because we didn't kill anyone and the police murdered four people in front of us. Now you talk about some self-control. That's some patriotic founding fathers control for them not to drag multiple police out of the crowd and just rip them to shreds for murdering innocent protesters. Because here's the thing, every protester that was there innocently knew that they were innocent, knew what it felt like to be attacked, knew that they weren't backing down because that's not what they went for. And it was outrageous. And they all expected it to stop, which it didn't because the police had an agenda of their own. That's a whole nother story, of course, between Capitol Police and Metro Police and Pelosi and Pittman and, and all these other players in the mix. And, and, and it's all going to come out. I just hope it's not 60 years, you know, because we have so much proof, so much evidence, so much video, so many witnesses and testimony that God has graciously dropped in our lap for us to share with people. And then we come back to why I started in the activism thing again was for free speech, you know, in 2019. And, and I had a 50th birthday and my wife said, what do you want for your birthday? She said, it's a big one. So you need to get something nice. And I said, well, I don't know. I don't know. She said, well, do you want to take a trip somewhere or do you want to, you know, get a new truck and put a down payment or something? And I said, you know, that's all four five, six grand. I, I, that's well, it, well, it's a big birthday. I said, I want to try to stop hate one more time. I just want, I just owe it. I just feel like I need to, blast it out one more time because Trump was happening. There was a different kind of censorship. There was a different kind of prejudice and hatred that was starting to percolate. And I could just see a repeat. So we started doing these demand free speech rallies, talking about censorship, deplatforming, debanking, you know, Airbnbs and, and, and everything you can imagine that's now happening to J6ers on the daily. And that's the thing. You know, we cry and scream to the politicians for four or five years. They never do anything. Hey, we had Antifa at one of the rallies threatening us with acid bombs. They said they had the muriatic acid, they had the, the wax, and they had the balloons, and they're going to blind our speakers. So we gave that to the FBI, and they said, oh, my gosh, how'd you get all this? And I was like, what do you mean? What do you do for a living? I'm a carpenter. This is all on social media. What do y'all do? Where do you sit around? I mean, they're they're publicly attacking us like that, threatening us, our free speech rights, our rights to assemble, all those. Did they do anything? No. Was anyone arrested? No. Acid bombs. Nah, that's no. Big no. And, and the politicians, oh, two weeks later, we're thinking about putting them on the terrorist watch list. Did they? No. Politics, more of the same from the same two parties that kick it back and forth. And I just want people to understand that this is a pendulum and it swings both ways. Right now it's to the left, the L. Pretty soon it's gonna go to the R, the right. And when it does, whoever the boss is has the ability to say, go hunt down all those sedition hunters. Go hunt down all the Antifa. Go hunt down all the BLM. Oh, and while you're at it, go hunt down all those jurors 
and judges and prosecutors that made horrible decisions against the American people. And let's deal with them. You know that could happen because right now, that's the name of the organization that's hunting January 6th, Sedition Hunters. That's legal. These guys are working with the FBI, hunting grandmas, getting paid through Homeland Security. Oh, there's a trail. We're on it. We're going to show it. We're going to prove it. How else would they get all this fancy gear, equipment, stuff, and connections with these three-letter agencies that don't work for us in the first place? So, I mean, it's a big bag. It's got a lot of, of you know, little detailed parts in there once you pour it out on the floor and, and start putting it together. But I'm telling you, people, this is what's going to happen to you. And, and you don't have to believe me. Neither did the people that went to their school board meetings and said, we don't like CRT. They didn't believe me either. Because when I came home from J6, I said, y'all are next. No, well, no, we didn't do anything stupid. We didn't go, we didn't go break windows and push police around us. No, they're not going to come after us. I said, yes, they are. If you speak out against this administration in any way, shape or form loud enough, they're going to come get you. No, they're not. And those idiots, they went to their school board meetings and they said, we don't like CRT. Bam, bam, bam. Same FBI banging on their door. Oh, do you believe me now? Well, those people do. But everybody else, I don't think they've listened yet. This isn't mothers against drunk drivers. You don't wait until your kid gets hit by the drunk to get involved. This is a proactive thing. This is something that you activate for to get involved with now, because once that truck hits you, you're dead. And there's no coming back. Do you realize the FBI does as they please? And, and they can put you in jail and hold you indefinitely for nothing now? That's the rules. Don't believe me. Ask a J6er. I've taken enough time, Mark. Go for it. No, absolutely right. Let's make uh, let's make a couple of points here. It's very profound what you said about Tiananmen Square and the Fourth of Jew. Um, in the UK, just to reflect on, because there are the parallels with what is happening over here and what is happening over there. And it's just to quickly give that. There has just been um, a concern written about how the Chinese have infiltrated our society politically um, through various things, but also particularly through education. So that is absolutely, that is absolutely real. Um, you, we are, we are a democracy, mob rule. You are a constitutional representative republic, that where you have two wings under, of the same bird. We have two wings of the same bird. This is rolling out um, across everywhere. There is complete and utter abuse. Um, I don't know if we'll ever see this, but I think here's another tactic. Say, for argument's sake. Uh, so Trump wins the nomination. Trump should say, if I get in, I get in, I will give the Biden family a complete pardon if I have absolutely everything on what Obama has been up to, from whispering in his ear various whatever electronic piece, writing from the basement. If you give me everything, then we will give you, give you a pardon. And in do doing that, we know... We know where this is going to lead. And what I do not now, to some people may think that's a very stupid thing to say, may think that's far-fetched. What I have to ask, and you ask this question, people are that selfish 
that even though they have benefited from the country, Obama being one, Valerie Jarrett being another, the rice, not Condoleezza rice, but the other rice, etc., they've all benefited. They're all around this administration, Victoria Newland and all the rest, these absolute, you know, neocon nutjobs. They've all benefited. They're all extremely wealthy, but they want to burn the whole thing down and not benefit the American people. Well, you know, it kind of makes you question their origins <laughs> and their, you know, uh, loyalties. I mean, are they even American? I mean, that that would be my other question is if they have no vested interest here, why not slash and burn, destroy, steal, kill, you know, devil's work? Because that's what they're doing to our children, to our schools, our education, our farms, our money, our air, our water, our food, everything. Everything is being systematically – look, our dear – uh, passed away friend Pat Scopoliti. You know, we we did that show what three four years ago. Mm. I, I don't mm. know. And we we were specifically talking about China, you know, and, and and the fact that people forget that they declared war on us in 1999. I mean, do you think they forgot? It doesn't seem like it. You know, yeah. even then in that show, although they had not declared war on us before that 1999 period, as a child we got toys with lead with poison stuffing, with, with all kinds of stuff that somebody might've known that it was bad for you, but they were mass producing it and selling it like hotcakes over here. I don't mm. know how that works. I don't know if that's intentional. I don't know if that's birth defects. I don't know what that means to the population or the retardation, the dumbing down of America, possibly. I don't know. Lead paint make you slow. I don't know. But that's the thing. China has been at this for a long time. And look, how many Feinstein spies and Swalwell spies and 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 all these people all through this, you know, nasty, nasty political system that that we call home, you know, and no wonder we're a laughing stock of the world. They're they're not laughing at the people. They're laughing at our politicians, man. And, and that's the difference too. I think people always, you know, oh, we hate China. No, we hate the Chinese leaders. You yes. know what I'm saying? We don't hate the people. Good grief, they're people. And that same analogy, brother of the black and the red ants in a jar. You know, they get along fine. You got red ants, you got black ants until someone shakes that jar. And then they're going to think, ah, it's the other guy. And they're all going to start killing each other. The government is the one shaking our jar. And that's what I've been trying to beat into these lawyers about January 6th. That's the battle you need to have in the courtroom. And, and you just need to walk in and say, hey, there's not a question of, of whether my client was there or, or if he waved a flag or if he said, stop the steal. Yeah, sure. He did all that. We're not here to argue that. I'm here to show you that this government is wasting your time and your money and your life. And I'm going to show you how expensive it is for the FBI to do all this stuff. I'm going to show you how much it costs for the court. I'm going to show you how much it costs for these defendants. I'm going to show you what it costs in the prison. I'm going to show you what it costs in the media. I'm going to show you how much money is involved in what these people are doing. Then I want you to revisit the fact that these are misdemeanors, that these are misdemeanors that these people are in court for. So instead of just getting them the $50 tickets and send them on their way, you're dragging them into a court to find them guilty on misdemeanors, spending bukus of money, wasting your life. You could be at your job with your family doing your thing. 
And yet they're going to sit here and waste all your time. Then in closing statements, go back and say, what did I tell you? What did I tell you? Well, they've wasted your time. And here's the deal. I told you our client was there. I told you he's waving a flag. Now, no, he didn't try to kill the cop. And we proved that. And no, he didn't do all these other things that they said. And we proved all that. And that's the way this is working. They make a lot of allegations. Like in the Joseph Thomas trial, they tried to say that, that Joseph cut this tarp with a knife. And we're like, wait a minute. And pulled out a video and played it. It was the cop that stuck the knife in there and pulled a 50-foot hole in it. It was the cop. Now, did he get in trouble for perjury? No. Did the, did the judge even mention it? No. Neither did he mention when the other witnesses that they brought lied and we busted them over and over, or Harry Dunn, or Officer Fanon, or any of these other lying sacks of crap that they call police officers, that they call all these people. It's all lies. It's all crap. And, and hey, maybe there are police officers. Maybe they're not just cheap B actors. Maybe it's a little of both. Maybe they had, you know, aspirations of being a cheap B actor and now they're getting to live that out. But honestly, it, it, it's sad when you see the video of Harry Dunn in the Capitol, what he says and does, and then you hear his testimony and you say, those do not match up. Or you hear Officer Fanon give his account of being drugged through the tunnel and I was unconscious and, and I got two brain injury or two heart attacks and a brain injury. But then when you watch the video and his eyes were open when he's going down the tunnel and he's looking around, you can see his eyeball and his body cam. He's trying to turn his camera off. And then a few minutes later, he's walking outside on his own power and he gets to the paramedic and, and he says, well, I'm, check your eyes and I don't see anything. I don't feel anything wrong with your head. You okay? I mean, why don't you just sit over here and drink this glass of water or drink this bottle of water? Cause I don't see anything wrong with you. Does that sound like somebody that got two heart attacks and a brain injury and, and that got beat the heck out of? No, it doesn't. It was all lies. So what he said and what he did lies perjury, you know, that's illegal if you're on my team, but if you're on the other team, you can lie all day long, like a dog and they don't care about it. That's the two tier justice system. That's what the people are experiencing. That's what's making us mad. That's what Juan O'Savin and Bloody Hill said. We won't let this stand. And it's not because we're a lawless people and we're going to take to the streets and tear everything. No, it's because we're a lawful people and we can't live like this. We have to have the rule of law for everyone. And somebody, you know, the prosecutor the other day was trying to say something about vengeance. Oh, you talked about vengeance. Dude, no, we want justice. Vengeance is God's. And all these people will have to answer to this, maybe not in this lifetime, but in the next, at some point, they will have to answer to this. And, and, and you know, I don't have any sympathy for them. I don't have any pity for them at this point. I, I can't. I can't because this is a war. People need to understand it's a war. You don't have time for those emotions or those doubts or those questions because you have to keep pushing forward. And you're talking about my travel Brother, I've been to D.C. four times in the last two, two and a half months, maybe. I've been to Miami, Florida. I've been to Colorado. I've been to uh, Northern California all by truck. You know, I don't fly. J6ers don't fly well. We get the quad S. Uh, you know, they strip search you, swab you, check you, rub you, touch you, laugh at you, and and poke fun at you, bring 30 police around and draw you out for another hour and I'm just not into experiencing that. I don't want to know if I'm on the list. So I've never tried to fly since January 6th. I know that there's a lot more freedom for me in a pickup truck 
and it's been all around the world, zigzag back and forth across the country a lot in the last couple of months. And I just want people to understand there's a level of commitment that once you understand what's really going on and how much these people need help, if you don't get activated and you don't get involved, there's truly something wrong with you. Please seek help because these are desperate times, desperate people, and they deserve desperate measures, which means you may have to get out of your comfort zone and go to your church and say, guys, can we have a prayer meeting for some people and do it and see It looks like uh, David has frozen, which is not something uh, I was anticipating whatsoever. So I'm just going to message him and say, "What has what has happened?" But it's not uh, it's not the end of the world right now. Um, but uh, I'm just going to message him. Uh, Okay, he's coming back. He's coming back. Um, just quickly following on from what David is saying, I, I made a I made a comment about the Chinese influence within within our own uh, within our own country. Also, the fact that at the moment on your on the border with Mexico, the the comment has been the amount of people from China that have actually been crossing the border. Now, in about. 10 minutes at the top of the hour, I'm going to have to disappear, unfortunately. But I hope that uh, Thumper very kindly will be able to find on stop8.com the documentary of, uh, of Bloody Hill. And we, and we will show that. The key, the key thing is this, is that people have got to get off their couches within their sphere of influence and be, be of influence. Um, to uh, point thumper, thank you, thank you so much. To point out to people what is actually going on, there are constant parallels, and one of those huge parallels is the amount of money that uh, has been decided by, you know, Congress, etc., that is going to be shipped to the Ukraine to continue this proxy war. Then we have the same thing within the UK. There is all this all this money that is being that is being shipped from my taxes to the Ukraine for this proxy war. No one seems to be sitting down to say we actually need to stop this. We need to stop the civilian population within the Ukraine from suffering. We just remind ourselves of the Minsk Agreement, which was the fact that NATO promised it would not be expanding. It would not take Ukraine into NATO. It would not take Georgia into NATO. I'm reminded of a book written in 1946 by Clarence Strait, and it talks about union with Britain now. And on page 123, 124 of that book, it talks about the fact that how my nation was helping the political shenanigans of pushing forward a one world government, which is what all of this is about. And we remind ourselves that during the Second World War, FDR sat down with uh, Joseph Stalin, sat down, of course, there was the meeting with Stalin and Churchill as they were discussing 
the the future of Europe as as they were defeating the Nazis. There was a huge turn within the Second World War in 1943. So they are sitting down in in uh, there, and uh, FDR says to Stalin, "Do will I have your support to bring about the creation of the United United Nations at Yalta?" And Joseph Stalin, of course, says, "Yes." Um, yes, we we uh, we will do that. Um, I will support you within that. Another leg. We go through the whole of 20th century history, and people like Alex Newman do it better than me, when we see that how the history has been projected to the American people is not how it's actually portrayed. Because I want to throw this out right now, being within the UK from Europe. We see... No wonder we have needed term limits for people like Feinstein. How long has she been there? Over maybe 50-odd years. We look at Nancy Pelosi at 33 years, Chuck Schumer, Biden. How many? How long have these people been there? But the fact is, is that as Eisenhower warned, he warned, he said, we ought to be concerned about the military-industrial complex. He missed out one word that my dear friend Kevin Shipp pointed out to me the military-industrial-congressional complex. Congress, these politicians make decisions on your behalf, tell a pack of complete and utter lies, Lindsey Graham, someone else that needs to be unseated and kicked out, and I will say it, because they then make money. They make money out of the military-industrial-complex situation that we had. And then Europe has been used as the theatre of war for this situation. Vietnam, of course, is a fascinating uh, discussion and sad that is a real, un understandably emotional scar on the American on the American people, because it's how politics are portrayed. We have false flags to guide you in. So let's just, before I bring David back, let's just say this. A few days ago, Mike Pence to Tucker Carlson then goes on about it's up to the states in regard to how they handle voting, where Tucker was saying, we need to get rid of the, the electronic voting machines. In from 1992, if not before, but let's just, we have to have this important date how your elections have been under attack electronically, they have been manipulated. The amazing woman, Vicky Cart, wrote a book called Hacked in 2006, goes through this. Now, here's the comment, here's the hearsay. So if, if a building suddenly explodes in Nashville around the AT&T building, because the comment about the fact that you have certain electronic counting devices in a particular building that people are going to investigate, then maybe some people would like to see those electronic devices disappear. If you do not show the proper evidence in regard to having pipe bombs around certain situations, if you do not show the proper evidence of suddenly putting a pile of bricks, say, in Dallas and other parts, so a few years ago, so you are encouraging rioters. This is what is going on 
It's going on on both sides of a pond. And I will just throw this into you. We've just seen recently riots in France. It's very interesting. Sadly, we have predictive programming. And that predictive programming, we see a program, I think, in 2022 called Athena, shown where it talks about the fact that you have immigrants from Algeria then causing riots and problems within France. What have we just seen? The Bible says something so clearly. Do not be deceived. And David has said it. The deception is, oh, you're different from me, so we have to pick a fight with you. No, we want to engage and we want to sit down and we want to have a conversation because you need Jesus as much as I do. But we need to reach out and sit down and have a conversation and to understand the foundations of why this country came about and the importance of it. It isn't about, I say this, worshipping our countries more than we do our God. But we have to understand our history and where we've come from and why we are then motivated to say what we do. When we have to get off our couches, we have to get off our sofas. Now, as we lead into soon David's documentary on Bloody Hill, I will never, ever forget saying to him, seeing him in tears when he's talking about the fact they want us to have a civil war. They want us to have a disagreement. They want to see riots on the street. They want to see people burning down buildings and this, that, and the other. That doesn't serve anyone. And I do not understand it, but I then have to put it within a context of Ephesians 6 says within Scripture, and I make no apologies for this. We're not fighting flesh and blood but we are fighting principalities and powers. And what happens is that they morph, they change. As Kennedy warned in a 1961-2 speech, where he says, we are not a society of secret societies. Am I holding up JFK to be the moral virtue? No, I'm not. But look at what he then exposed? Why was someone then taken out? Why have we then had wars, endless wars? Why did someone turn around like JFK did and said, I want to smash the CIA up into a thousand pieces? Why did Truman turn around and say, I'm not sure if I've done the right thing. I don't want to create the equivalent of the Gestapo. These are all historical comments. These are people in our history, in your history, that have made these comments. There are books out there, as you know, as I've quoted one. We look at the we look at these books. We look at history constantly. David is been informing you, me, everyone about recent history of what is going on. Now someone said, there's no doubt about it. The president 45, we'll hand it to him, has said, they are coming after you, but I am in the way. Well, I'll tell you this, that has happened, and David is doing whatever he can, quite rightly, legally, to be in the way. And when we have someone like, you know, Mike Pence, who will not even turn around and say we need a paper ballot, when we have 
people like him not addressing the Electoral College, the problem, which it was. People went on January 6th, on that day, to exercise their constitutional, you're not a democracy, you use a democratic means of voting, but you are a representative constitutional republic, which at the moment has someone abusing executive orders like we've never seen. Right, I've said my piece, David's back. It's the incredible joy of technology and that where we're producing a show in two different states and bringing that together. And I just want to give a shout out to Thumper because we are extremely grateful for him being on the end of those technological uh, buttons and bringing stuff to us. David, thank you. Thank you for coming back. Um, I don't know. I think you've just heard my sort of spiel and some of what I what I have just said. And I say it from the bottle of my heart because I just feel um, and I, just sounding the alarm. And it, it becomes a little bit disheartening after a while. Well, I think that's that Ezekiel 33 we have to go back to then. You mm -hmm. know, and it says if you tell them what you're supposed to tell them. And they say, Oh, that's beautiful music. It's exactly mm. what we need to hear, mm. but they don't do anything. Mm. Move on to the next town. There's nothing you can do for them. Mm. And unfortunately we're finding a lot of people that we just can't do anything for. Yeah. And, and it's, it's not that we want to keep score like that, but if you're dead to me, you're dead to me. And, and if you're not active, that's the same thing. And, mm. and look, you're either doing something to help, or by not doing anything, you're hurting. And, and that's the two sides. I mean, you're for me or against me. You're hot or you're cold. Bible's very specific. If you're lukewarm, it's not going to be a good place. I can't think of anything comfortable being spewed away. So to me, it's like we were saying, educate, motivate, activate. And we've given so many options on stophate.com slash J6 for people, the prayer groups, letter writing, sing for freedom, contact your congressman, all that. There's 20 different things on there, probably buy the book, you know, do all kinds of things, go to the department of defense. There's, there's a lot of things to do, but people have to be willing to start and take that first step and do it. And you know, that that's the frustrating thing that you and I both are, are running into, even trying to get people to pray or to share a post, you know, we have enough trouble with the censorship and the shadow banning. You know, mm -hmm. to be honest, either one of my films should have gotten a million plus views easily. They're really well done. I mean, they are what they are. And I'm not bragging on my work. They're just good films. And and I think they'll stand the test of time because they're based on truth. So mm -hmm. nothing's really going to change in the films themselves that would make them bad films. But it's the fact that we put them out and we were first and we were proactive and not reactive. And we're calling them out not letting them call us in. You know, I mean, there, there's things that, that we have to do as a people. And, you know, I, I just, I have to go back to the founding fathers thing every time because these people are cut from the same cloth. You know, they did not sign up for this. They didn't ask to go to prison for free speech violations or whatever. That's not what they want. They'd much rather be just like us home with our families every single day. But guess what? They're not, and they haven't been for two and a half years because we haven't done anything for them. We haven't spoken loud enough. We haven't put our foot down. 
and said, guys, enough is enough. We, the people have seen enough to know something crooked went on. Now we might not be sure about what it was, but we know it's not on the up and up. And we've seen some of these people that have been sentenced and we know they're innocent. So when is enough enough? And when does it stop? I agree. And, and David, I'm sorry to interrupt and we're going to go into the uh, playing a bloody hill and I'm sorry that I have to go, but can I just say that it's fantastic to see you. Um, I look forward to seeing you. So, um, and thank you for joining me today. And I'm grateful to be able to join you. Um, what, one thing I'm finding that when I'm suddenly in the time zone, the same time zone, the difficulty like you of juggling everything when I'm six hours ahead, sometimes it makes it a little bit easier. So, um, thank you. Carry on listening. Uh, David, we're just going to show Bloody Hill. But David is, so thank you for joining me today. I really appreciate it. And Thumper, thank you very much indeed. But I'm just going to hand over to David Summerall and leave the whole thing in his dear hands. Well, Mark, before you leave, man, just know how much you're loved and appreciated. Your knowledge and, and passion for this country is greater than many Americans. And I hate to say that, but you know, it's the truth. And you see these on the street interviews where people say, you know, who was the first president? And we're like, I don't know, you know, that, that that's mm -hmm. not when you're going to miss mm -hmm. easy. And, and it's just sad to know that people are that disinterested in their history and their future by living so much for now in the moment to live their best life and to do all that. And, and honestly, you have sacrificed everything to be in this fight, man. And, and, and I know that people say, Oh, they sacrificed everything. Yeah. It, it's really amazing that people don't know what folks like you have done and, and why you're where you are, but brother, I appreciate and love you for everything you do and for your willingness to go. You know, I think that's been the biggest learning curve for me and my wife on this is, you know, when God says go, you just go, you don't have to know why you don't have to know where you don't have to know who even, or what you're going to say. He'll give you the words. He'll introduce you to the people. He'll have you in the right place at the right time. If you make yourself available, that's the way it works. And if you just woke up every morning and said, God, just find that one spot for me to minister to somebody. Cause that's what we're here for to serve each other. And you do that. Like, you do that like no, no other brother. And I appreciate well, your friendship and support more from across the pond many days than I get from here in America. And that that's, that's priceless for me, brother. Thank you. And I just want to quickly give it a quick anecdote. I'm around someone's house. I explain what I'm going to do. And they, there was a big broad smile and said, thank you for what you do. Wow. That's quite amazing. Yeah. But thank you. Right. Speak to you soon. Can't I, wait to, I need to. Can't wait can't to wait talk to about it. your project, brother, man. I, absolutely. I'm going to tell everybody as soon as you leave, I'm going to tell them all what you've done. <laughs> you <bet. laughs> all right. Anyway, Bloody Hill will now be play, played. Thumper, God bless. And you, David. Talk to you hey, soon. God bless you, Take Mark. Care. Appreciate bless. you, brother. And you. All right, man. Bye. See you later. Bye. Well, I tell you what, that is one amazing guy right there. And uh, love him like a brother. And, you know, there, there's people God puts in your life for reasons. And some of them, you don't know the reason. You can't figure it out for a long time. This guy, there's no question that, uh, you know, it's kingdom business. It, it's kingdom business for him every single day like it is 
for me. And it's not to say that we're perfect. It's not to say that we do better than anyone or any of that stuff. It's just a fact that we try and, and we're consistent. You know, we might be even consistent at making mistakes sometimes, but we're consistent. And and I think that falls into the January 6th story as well. For me, I know it does. And I just try to be, you know, steady for these people and, and let them know that, hey, there are people that are fighting for them. There may not be many, but there are some that will never stop. And until we get them free and home where they belong. Thumper, how have you been, man? I haven't seen you in quite a while, my brother. I've been doing good. Uh, you know, just uh doing uh doing the shows and uh you know, red pilling people as I go, you know, out in the community. I yes a couple of opportunities just yesterday. That's great, man. You riding that bike or is it like wrong weather for that? Oh God, no, I'm uh you know, I put some miles on it already this year. We went down the Oregon coast. Uh, myself and one of the other hosts, Tim Mole, I uh, had a wonderful trip down the Oregon coast and, uh, you know, getting ready, planning for Sturgis here. Oh uh, yeah. Part yeah of next that'll, month. Be, that'll be fun. It'll be uh, not only Sturgis, but a, uh, a road trip through Wyoming and maybe some parts of Utah and stuff. Well, I tell you, you deserve it, man. You put a lot of hard work in right here and, and you just enjoy that free time when you get it, man. And enjoy that bike. I know that's, you, you, you need to decompress from this stuff. Yeah, you really do. And, and uh, that's why I'm just an emotional wreck, dude. I, I rarely get any time off from it because I'm always taking calls from, you know, prisoners or their families or lawyers or social that's my media life or, for the first three years of this. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. That's exactly right. And and actually uh, a lot of my life prior to that, just uh, personal research and uh, searching out and trying to find solutions and different things like that. Uh, you know, the, the rabbit hole runs deep. It does. And, uh, you know, I was kind of caught by what you were saying at the very first top of the show is, uh, um, you know, when are people going to get so fed up that they just, um, you know, they have no rules, they have no laws. How are you expected to uh, exist in a, in a, you know, try to use rules and laws to a group that has no respect nor, will honor uh, laws or rules or any of that, you know, well, that, that's yeah, kind of you, what we're you cannot, you cannot use the law with them against them because, you know, they seem to think that they can just, uh, you know, write a new, new rule or, or act or whatever around whatever you come up with. I mean, uh, you know, uh, it is the same old wait, but there's more. That's exactly what it is, man. And, and unfortunately, that's what these cases are like in D.C. I mean, when the judge is reprimanding the attorneys for mentioning the First Amendment, say, oh, no, 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 we will we will censor you. We will do whatever. If you, you cannot mention the First Amendment, you cannot use that for an argument. What? Seriously, in the United States of America, you can't use the First Amendment of our own Constitution in your legal. Well, you're argument. in with you're in the jurisdiction of a corporation who uses the Constitution as a set of bylaws that can be amended by the board of directors. That's basically true. And so, what I say is, when we get rid of this corporation, we're not going to need a president anymore, are we? We're not going to need Washington D.C. None of that's going to be needed at all, unless everyone wants a real fancy paperweight. And I want something with some of those little scallops or something on it because I think those are real pretty. Well, you know, uh, God didn't write our freedom and our uh, and and who we are on a piece of paper, you know, he wrote it into the contract in our DNA, into our, into our spiritual and physical makeup. That's right. That's it's right. written into us. That's right. Uh, and, and 
Well, in the Constitution, uh, and, that's, sure and that's, that's 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 what happens in your gut when you feel that gut emotion. Yes. These things you just know inherently are wrong because it's embedded in your DNA. That's right. And, and that's the thing. I mean, when people realize that that means something and that that's true and that that's what we should follow and listen to. But right now they don't for whatever reason. I don't know if it's the air, the water, the diet. I don't know what's happened to people. But that part of life does not exist for a lot of folks, I'm afraid. That whole conscience or being aware, being, you know, in tune with your surroundings or whatever, everybody's living for themselves so much. Well, they worked and, overtime to, oh. uh, you know, uh, diminish our ability to extract proper nutrients out of our diet because of right. uh, poisons in our stomach, in our air, in the, in, in the water that we drink, uh, you know, all of these things. Um no, I was just reading something earlier. Uh, you know, I think it was over on Facebook. I was catching up with some Facebook things, and and uh, you know, um, you've been to the grocery store lately, you know, and you got those. Yeah, you know, they don't give you the sack at the uh, at the at the checkout counter anymore because it's hazardous for the environment. But everything you picked up in the in the off the shelves was wrapped in freaking plastic. Exactly, man. Hey, it cracks me up because the same thing was happening during COVID. I would go to this Home Depot and they'd say, you have to wear a mask. You know, I'd put it on my ear, you know, and then they'd yell at me, yell at me. But you get to the checkout and they got the glass or the plexiglass in between. Mm. The people who got their mask, everybody's trying to distance and all. And they reach into the cash register and get that money out. And then they hand me the money. I'm like, dude. You just contaminated me. All that money, no telling who's touched it. You're handing it to me. Like, like, does that not matter? It's so dumb, these things, and people fall for it. And it makes me sad for them to know that people are that stupid, but they really are. They really, you know. They don't think through the whole process. They don't, you know, and, uh, you know, at some point, especially with these nitwits, uh, you get to a point where, you know, there's no end to the rules and regulations. There's no end to, but there's more. Uh, there's right. no end to that. That's right. Uh, the, the only end to it is the end to them. Well, and that's the thing. End We're, them. I've been trying yeah, to tell people. Ended. Yes. <laughs> and look, when you look at, especially J6ers right now, they can't vote. They can't travel freely. They can't own a gun. They can't have a bank account. They can't have, of course, any social media. They can't do Uber, Lyft. They use anything really electronic. Now it's to the point to where the wife is going to try to find a job, and she's getting turned down because she's married to a J6er. So it's affecting people's income. Of course, they're losing their homes and their vehicles, all these things. But I keep asking people, you know, if this is like civil rights in reverse, you know, if we've been declared now three-fifths of a citizen, you know, when do we get our own water fountains and our own bathrooms? Because we can't operate in, in society. The social terrorism on a J6er is extreme and lethal. Mm-hmm. And, and people try to insulate themselves from that. But how can you buy, sell, or trade? You can't vote on a gun or travel. You know, you get on the quad S, they're going to make it hard for you. It's not going to be a good experience. Mm-hmm. And, and just on and on and on. And normal citizens... They don't even know what's going on. They have no clue what happens. Even the people in the airport that witness a J6er getting pulled off to the side and strip searched and swabbed and rubbed and touched and all the things that they do to you with 20 or 30 police standing around like it's a big thing, they don't understand. But see, Mm -hmm. this is a daily grind for two and a half plus years now for guys that are sitting in prison waiting for someone to come save them, knowing in their heart 
that they were fighting for our freedoms. They were fighting for us. They were standing for us. Now they didn't go and fight. You know what I'm saying? A lot of these guys literally just walked in, open door, and they're sitting in jail now, but they know they went for us. That was the whole purpose was to go for someone else that couldn't go on January 6th. Let's go and make our voices heard. That's what the president asked us to do. And that's what we did. And now they're sitting in jail saying, guys, I didn't do anything wrong. Could somebody please save me from this nightmare? My children don't know who I am. My wife thinks she wants a divorce. I don't know what to do. I may be here for seven, nine, 15 years for what misdemeanors or for fake charges where a police attack you and you defend yourself. And now you're looking at, you know, prison for whatever. It's, it's the dumbest thing, man. And, and people are, when it happens to them, are they going to care? I think so. Well, uh, the, uh, excuse me. The time is coming. Justice will come in due time. Uh, it's not soon enough for a lot of people and for a lot of reasons. And, uh, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's a, it's a, it's, it's a shame. And that's even a, not even a, an appropriate word, actually. Well, I'm sorry. It's a travesty. It's a disgrace. Yeah. It's absolute disgrace that this should even happen in, in, uh, in the purview of our American system. Yeah. It's not yeah. supposed to happen in our American system. To Americans, especially, you would think, you know, well, whoever said justice was swift must have been talking about the very last part because getting there for these people has taken so long and it's so painful. And, and listen, it's a generational curse by this government. And, and, and the way I mean that, these children are going to be affected. There's no doubt that they already are. But I mean, throughout their lives, this is not something that's going to ease itself and become a, a lighter burden as time goes on, because the the pain, the suffering, the loss is so real. And how do you recover from that? If you can't get a job, you can't work, you can't get a bank account, you can't do all these things, and you're, you're, you're a forever felon, you know, that this government is putting on you, and, and it's not just it's not fair it's been happening to other communities for decades maybe we didn't do enough in time i thought the pr prison reform stuff was really good i thought we were getting somewhere but now we're seeing those same prosecutors the same suits the same guys stack charges on people you know just because they can that's one of their tools in their tool belt they can that's, put that's why they refer to lawyers as you know they, they actually this term satan was a term used for lawyers uh the accusers right know that no no satan yeah yeah that was that was one of the original terms used for the person who was the accuser well, i didn't know that but it, it is kind of fitting you know i know some uh presidential candidates that were prosecutors too that's kind of weird oh man but yeah i you know, this whole political thing to me is busted. It's a broken wheel. We keep trying to go down the road on. And until the people decide enough's enough, even Trump tried to tell us in 2016, I'm giving the power back to the people. You know, mm -hmm. this is the people's thing. The people need to do it. And, and still the people, are we too lazy to do it? Ourselves? They're waiting for their permission slip. 
Yeah. Yeah. You no, know, you may be excused from class. You know, bring a note from the doctor. I'm telling you, <laughs> yeah. what it's saying. I mean, it's yeah. that's that, that's the point. We have to stand up and do it on our own. We have to personally, each one of us, decide for ourselves that we are no longer going to. You called it a game a little bit ago. You know, we're, we're, this is a game. You know, you know, if the if if you if you're out on the field, and you know every call is going against you, you know, and it's it's plainly visible uh, that uh, you know this is what's happening. I mean, it's it's blatantly visible. Uh, I mean, you know, you down to the point where, you know, you bend over to tie your shoes and they throw the, uh, the, you know, the flag, um, you know, at what point do you just as a team walk off the field and flip them the, you know, the Hawaiian bird of paradise right. uh, signal and, uh, and, and, you know, you don't participate in the game anymore, any aspect of it. Well, that's kind of Any where I was, of that's it. where I was getting with Mark about you know the representation and and you know if if I'm not represented by anyone, and as a matter of fact, the guys that are supposed to represent us are approving like tons more money for this DOJ to go after January Sixers, which is me and my friend. I can't in in like a good business mind to even say that I can invest in that. So mm-hmm. what happened to that no taxation? no representation, mm-hmm. you know, that, that whole thing about if it, I don't feel like we owe them a penny if they don't do what we want, because that's the whole point of us giving them the money is for them to do with it as we plead. And yet look at the Ukraine, look at everything else. I'm just mm-hmm. sick to death of it. And, and I'm sad because there's not more people out there that say, Hey, I'll try, you know, we're, at, we're, we're at a precipice here, David, uh, we're, when it comes down to the point where, and I talked about this on my show earlier this morning, uh, you know, don't play their games. Don't fall into the trap of, uh, you know, filing a complaint against the ref because the people that would sanction him or, you know, could have pulled him off the field the first time he, he, you know, uh, made a egregiously, in inappropriate, inaccurate, illegal call, but they 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 won't do it. They haven't done it, um, and uh, the only time uh, uh, you know they go after their judges is if they don't rule within the agenda that is approved by you know those that have over the past many many years been setting the table for the agenda. Oh, it's tough. So yeah. um, you know, you we just. When, when, when using the system, their system, that should tell you it's something right there, uh, doesn't work, then you, you, you just ignore the system. Yeah. You treat it like a cell phone, it, you do a reboot, you power off, power on. Yeah. You know? Let it, let it die on the vine. Mm-hmm. Don't feed mm-hmm. it. Don't water it. Well, listen, I've been telling people and I know it's kind of like, uh, mute point. I don't know that it would ever gain enough traction to work, but you know, there's that, uh, empty line at the bottom of the ballot, you know, where you can, uh, write a name in and, you know, it's the power of the pen truly is mightier than the sword in that respect. And I've talked to some experts and they tend to agree with me that if people wrote the names on the ballots, 
it kicks it out of the electronic count. It makes it a hand counted ballot. And I've been saying, look, I will never fill in another bubble the rest of my life. I'm not going to settle for the choices that they provide me because they're both owned by the same team. I will forever write in candidates. And I suggest we organize locally and decide, hey, who's going to be the mayor? Let's decide. And we'll all write his name in. And then if you had a checks and balances website that says, hey, I voted for these people. Then when they go to count, they can say, well, Bob only got 5,000 votes. We said, whoa, whoa, whoa. Our database here says he got 8,000. We need a recount. This is why. This is your number. This is our number. Kind of go for it like that. But I think that, you know, when we get to that point to to want to organize for ourselves and change, we can beat them at their own game. We really can. People don't understand that. They, oh, well, as long as the elections are rigged, you know, as long as these machines, as long as all this, there are still ways to beat the system. And, and here's the proof. They talk about Trump not getting on the ballot. But you know what Trump could do? Trump could stand up there and say, okay, everybody, here's your big test. If you want to take action, if you want to actually do something, if you want to put your name on something, put my name on something and write my name in. I didn't make it on the ballot. But if you still believe I'd be the best commander in chief, write Donald J. Trump on the ballot and turn it in and let's see what happens. And then he did a website and says, okay, if you voted for me by hand, you know, register here. And then check the count at the end and see how it goes. I'm just saying he could easily say, oh, and by the way, this works for every position from president to dog catcher. Yep. Don't ever settle for another bubble. Don't ever settle for another option that they give you. Don't ever settle for one of their team players. One Always the selectees. Man, I'm telling you, man, that's how the game's been rigged forever. Both mm-hmm. sides use the fraud system. That's been proven. I mean, come on, this is the their game and we're stuck, you know, watching them play it at our expense. And and man, I can't wait to get it back. We just need here's my biggest thing. Trump is the only leader in the country. A lot of people believe. I mean, it's all Trump or nothing. Mm-hmm. You know, if he doesn't get it, I mean, what happens if he steps out and gets hit by a bus tomorrow? People just gonna give up. That's it. I'm done. I'm voting Democrat now because there, there's nothing we can do. See, that's what worries me is you put all your eggs in one basket, all your faith in that one dog. You know, something happens. And so here we are. Who's the other leaders? Anyone? Anyone? Because I don't know of any other real. I mean, there's a handful of J6ers. And I've said this before, too. I would pick any J6er over any politician. Here's the reason. J6ers show up at the right place at the right time to do the right thing. They have their finger on the pulse of what's going on in the country. They actually showed up. And I don't care if you pushed a cop or broke some glass you still probably deserve a seat more than any of these other idiots that are in there right now. And what better way for a J6er to get retirement, do two terms, you get full lifetime retirement, you can be an activist the rest of your life and we'll pay for it. And you can go teach the stories of January 6th at colleges and stuff or whatever. I'm just saying, in a perfect world, I would fill the House and Senate with J6ers and say, here, I know you people don't want to make a career out of this. Do your term or two. Go back to your house and we'll find the replacements and and do that and rinse mm-hmm. and repeat. I think it's a much better idea than the way we've been doing it. Well, uh, you know, the, the, the politicians there, everything that they do is all uh, what's in it for me. That's right. You know, right. They're all in it for me. Uh, the people that are doing this is it's uh, it's yeah, I have a stake in the game, but uh, so does every other uh, American out there. Uh, we have a stake in the game and um, through people's 
uh, oblivious uh, obliviousness to the situation, the uh, the distractions from everything else in life. You know, so many of my peers in my generation, you know, I'm in the, you know, uh, I'm, I'm kind of part of the first group of the tail end of the baby boomers, you know, and uh, a lot of my, my, uh, my group is, uh, you know, they're, they're starting to check out of the whole thing saying, Hey, it's the next guy's problem. Not mine. I, you know, I, I'm too old. I'm too this, I'm too that, you know, my parents' generation for the most part have already gone there. Uh, you know, they're not as active. There are some that are still very active, but, um, and, and so the next group is, uh, you know, uh, they're, they're, they're a tough group, uh, but they're small. That would be your X gens. And then you have your millennials and there's a ton of those guys, but they're all, you know, like my sons, uh, they're, they're raising kids and, and trying to hold down careers in a world that's falling apart around them. So hard. Uh, you know, and, you know, so it's, and it is, it, it, the thing is what most people don't really take into account. It's all by design. If they don't, haven't studied it, it's all by design. That's right. It's a travesty. And, and that's the thing people don't, if they're not in it, they don't understand it for sure. Mm-hmm. But even in it, man, so many people don't get the cycle that they're stuck in. It's like a spin mm-hmm. cycle. They keep coming to the same place and don't know why. And they can't get ahead. And they're trying to figure out why is my American dream broken? And then we wonder why these kids look at all these sports stars and, and rock stars and rappers and stuff as heroes because they make money. Nobody else in their whole life makes money. And that's the big thing. Hey, man, if you're going to make money, you got to strike it rich. You got to do something big or do something stupid. And unfortunately, they get caught in that, too, with the social media and the the gang stuff and the crimes. And, stuff. and I get it, man. Look, everybody Do something wants to big and stupid and you can quadruple your your income, you know, that's right. That's right. <laughs> and, and unfortunately, it's it's there's a lot of truth in that. And and but, you know, we all want to belong to something that's bigger than ourselves. We all want family. We all want support. Um, we all want somebody that cares what happens to us, you know, and, and unfortunately, these J6ers feel forgotten. There's this one guy, uh, uh, 20 year old, and I'm not going to throw his name out, but that's, that's what he said. He said, look, man, I, I I've been in this, this system. I understand what's going on. He said, I don't want to be forgotten. You know, I fought my whole life to get out of the system and, and, and now mm-hmm. they want to put me back in. And he said, I, don't, I just don't have family. I, I don't want to be forgotten. That's a big fear and a, a real, a real fear. Um, because this government will sweep people under the rug. You'll never hear from them again. And that's just the way it is. Look at the Tiananmen Square, the way that they censor that story and, and, and you know, in their own country. So here, we've been fighting those censorship issues. You can't even get anything true out. You couldn't say anything about COVID. You couldn't say anything about Gates. You couldn't say anything about the election. They're going to shut it down. And now David, you can't say J6. They are still, you know, I, I, get, I get a message from YouTube. Uh, as a co-creator, you need to do, uh, create some more, you know, can we help you create? We notice you haven't put up anything here recently, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. And then the next thing I get from them, we've deleted your content from January 20th, uh, you know, three years ago for, you know, uh, uh, violation of community guidelines or some silly ass crap. 
Yeah. Um, yeah. Or you had, yeah, come you and had... play in our fields more, but Hey, we're going to kick you. So now the game, cause we didn't like it. Listen, we've had like six or seven different, I don't even know how many YouTube channels we've bring up and go down, but Hey, all you got to do is have me on your YouTube once and they'll shut it down real fast, man. <laughs> I swear we, I was on this one guy's show and, and he was saying, Hey, we're sensor proof. You know, we're bigger than all these little people and we're sensor proof and we're this and that. And I was like, okay, we'll find out real quick. Within two hours, they shut it down. They mm -hmm. shut him down. He was shocked. Now, of course, he's bigger. Yes. So he was able to correct the situation. I don't know that they put that back, but I think he got his, his channel back. But uh, mm -hmm. yeah, it's it's really funny the way that censorship thing works. And look, it's no different than than any book that you want to read about, you know, 1984 or anything else. I mean, it's all going somewhere. It's not accidental. It's very intentional. It's all on purpose. It's all for control, power, money. Man, I, I watched the, uh, the DC EMS video. They put a video out about January 6th and, and, and they're talking about, uh, you know, all their success that they had, that nobody got hurt on their team. You know, it was a horrible, chaotic, and people were mean and said bad things, but nobody got hurt. I'm like, wait, 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 wait. There were four people that y'all let die. You know, you had one job and you couldn't do it four times. I mean, one job, you let four people die and you think you're heroes, but the underlying tone of the entire video was, oh, we need more funding so this can never happen again. Oh, it's like 9-11. They said, it's like 9-11, you know, we needed to do all these things and put all these things in place so it would never happen. Whatever. Look, the surveillance system is not what failed on January 6th. It was the leadership and it was intentional and it's all provable. It just mm -hmm. takes more time and resources and energy than anyone's willing to put into it other than us little nobodies. It just takes us a little longer, but we'll get there. We'll get there. Like I said, we're trying to prove now the Homeland Security, FBI, Sedition Hunter link. And once we do, I think that'll help change some of the public perspective. But, hey, man, I'm really serious about the pendulum swing, swinging back and forth, too. I, I want to know what people's reaction would be if Trump gets the presidency this time and says, go hunt down sedition hunters and bring them to me. Go hunt down Antifa and BLM and bring them to me. Go hunt down all those jurors who threw our people in prison when they knew it was wrong. Go get all those jurors and bring them to me. How would all those people feel if they were the object of the hunt and and, mm -hmm. not, and you know what i'm saying it's so much different and, and listen hunters I mean, become the hunted exactly exactly and that's our political process but this is how the powers that be have decided that they can pit us against each other and, and that's the sad part man i don't want to hunt anybody I, I do not look forward to trump or anyone else saying go hunt someone no that's un-american that that's anti-freedom look they can have their opinions all day long as long as they're not hurting people. Well, these people are hurting people. Mm -hmm. Something needs to be done, but legally, morally, ethically, I'm fine with that. It's not about us seeking vengeance on people. It's what about are... getting those people out of the way so we can inform people of the truth and get this thing over with. We're to the point now though, David, that uh, th this, uh, the entire scope of this from J six to the, um, uh, suppression of technologies and, and those kinds of things. We're to the point now where uh, every bit of it is provable, absolutely 100% provable as crimes against humanity. All I right. Agree. Uh, the misuse of funds, the creation of funds through illegal 
uh, actions that are are supposedly, and I uh, emphasize supposedly, uh, uh, sanctioned through the federal government. You know, down to the point of you know the 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 military industrial complex, which Mark uh, talked about, um, and you also brought it up. The military industrial complex and the congressional uh, complex, you know, political process that's uh, has been uh, hijacked and uh, is not working in the best interest of the of the country. It is all we could have had advanced technologies that uh, you know the the pollution, the hunger, the homelessness, all of that would not would wouldn't be ex- would be non-existent. These you know. Uh, any one of these billionaires out there in the pocket change alone could change world hunger, mm-hmm. homelessness. That's right. And uh, no, what do they decide to do? They get greedy and they get power hungry. And, uh, you know, when any one of them could solve any one of these issues in a heartbeat, but they don't. Uh, and these, you know, and, and in turn, what they do is they will support the efforts to make the rest of us feel guilty because we haven't given our last dime to the March of Dimes or whatever it is. Uh, and, uh, yeah, so it's um, uh, it, it's when you if, – if you have to justify yourself by some politician, bureaucrat, or celebrity, you know, claiming that – we're all on the right side of this, you know, well, I'm sorry. No, you have to be on this side. That's right. And that's been written into us by the creator, by God. And, uh, you know, you, you, that's the part people have to get connected with. I agree. I agree, man. And, uh, you know, more power to you on that. That That's a, uh, a mouthful for people that don't get it to get. You know what I mean? They're mm. not going to understand it till it's too late. It's kind of like that judgment thing we were talking about. When you get there, you'll understand what we're talking about. But until then, you're going to live in denial and try well, to that, virtue, that, virtue signal yourself to the top. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, that's that's the thing. They haven't given it any thought. They're not even thinking about it. They're, you know, if they are, they're quietly doing it. They're, in, uh, you know, going through that. You have to, you have to go through some introspection. You have. Well, to- is this because we've taken God out of everything? I mean, honestly, isn't that what this is all about? We've taken personal responsibility out of everything. Well, that that kind of falls in the same thing with God, yeah. though, because that's where that all comes from. It's the morals, the ethics, the the guidance, the the somebody watching you, the yes. conscience, the the voice, the inner stuff, you know. And and we've thrown that out the window. So now what we're seeing is a result of a couple of years of not having that as as a basis. And people are nuts, man, stabbing holes in their face, got fishing lures all over themselves and tattoos head to toe and everything. Not not that it's all bad, but a lot of it is. <laughs> I'm just saying well, like that. I, you know, it was funny. I, I, I went to the grocery store the other day and I looked back, you know, I walked past the meat, the meat department. And when the guy standing behind the meat counter, the butcher, uh, I, I, he, he should not have used his utensils on his face. Oh, man. And the guy had more more uh metal hanging off of his face than he had hanging on the uh uh in the knife rack you know and you know that's all um, fine and good as long it's, as you it's, find it's, a, it's, a, i mean if he wants a nose to do ring it, or, or ear gauge in your steak or something you know that would be you know <laughs> uh you know he, he can do that it's fine but if he if if i get caught looking at you know you know you, you he does it 
because he wants me to look, you know, <laughs> when you look, you get in trouble for staring. It's like, I'm just trying to figure out if that hurt or not. Now, you know, I, yeah. I, to yeah. me, I, I think a lot of it's self-worth and value and, you know, well, taking self-worth out of everything. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the thing. I mean, if, if you don't care about yourself and you don't know that there's a, a life after that, the, you know, uh, this is it. And when you die, you're dead and you turn back into dirt or whatever, and that's it. There's no soul. Then maybe I would make some of the same choices they live and live for the moment, live for today. But dude, I tell you, there is so much going on spiritually in the country and, you know, people that are waking up are wide awake and, and they're seeing, mm-hmm. but it, you know, for you, me, Mark, you know, Dan, everybody, it's kingdom work. And, and it's that next level. It's that next step. It's not just political. I hate politics. I hate talking about politicians. I hate all of it, you know, but, and I also want to say that I do believe in four to eight years, if we got the right crew in there, and I don't even know that Trump's the right crew for it. He had four years and didn't do half of it, but I think we could solve a lot of those problems you were talking about in a relatively short period of time, but it's going to take a a really hard leader for a few minutes to say, these are the guys that got to go. You know, it's going to have to be that kind of reset to say, no, you know, these things are, and I was talking to my cousin eight or 10 years ago and he was like, you know, how do we fix all this? How do we fix it? You know, this is this, I said, dude, total reset. You you have to, I mean, this system's broken. So you start to work on this system, but this one kicks up again. Then you're working on this one and this one, you know, there's so many different things. Mm -hmm. You can't do them all. I mean, if you work on one, the other one breaks, you go and it's back and forth. So I just believe you know, power off, power on, let's do a hard reset and, and and stick with the the constitution. Look, people get on all the time and try to say, oh, you want to overthrow the government. I, I just want to throw the criminals out of the government. The government's yeah. great. I mean, the system, the constitution, the laws, I don't want to change anything. Maybe get rid of some of the, you know, special interest fluff and stuff and those kind of things. But, but basically I, I, I like things the way they are. We can work with it. We just can't work with criminals that are in those positions of power right now. And I think that's becoming more and more obvious to the people, but I don't think the people know what to do about it. And I don't know if they know what action looks or feels like, but speaking to the church crowd out there, I suggest you all be more like John the Baptist. I just think that's a really good thing for you, you know, and call out sin where you see it. I mean, that's what he did. And and don't think for a minute that Christians aren't supposed to be involved in politics because we are look at john the baptist he did not get his head cut off because he preached jesus or because he knew jesus or because of jesus he got his head cut off because he called out the politicians for their sin mm-hmm. that's what happened most of these guys got got in trouble with the law because they called them out for their sin against god and against the people i mean that's just the way it is so i suggest people be more biblical if they're of that mindset in the first place it's time for that and i think as a society we need that kind of leadership that will call it like it is stand up damn the torpedoes who cares about the consequences i'm going to do what's right and if you need help with that it's like paul said you know i understand being like jesus man that's a hard thing if you're going to set that mark and say okay i want to do my best to be like this it's going to be very disappointing very fast Mm -hmm. but if you can say hey I'm, I'm, I know I can be a little more like Paul because Paul, I understand what Paul does. So I'm going to start by being more like Paul so I can be more like Jesus. I, I get that. Hey, if that's what it takes for activism, use me as your springboard. I drive everywhere. I talk to everybody. I haven't stopped for two and a half years. I don't plan to. And, and it's almost like that Lewis and Clark thing, you know, that exploration, this uncharted territory. 
and we're exploring how to help these people together. And, and, and man, it's not all wins. There's a lot of losses, but the well, effort in itself is worth it. You know, if you're out walking through a field, there's no trails, nowhere to go. Um, you use your instincts and you use uh, a point of reference on a hill as a point there you're going to go. Right. And then you choose the best course to get there. Um, so, you know, what, what people have to do is start trusting themselves and trusting in their decisions. You know, if you stand in the middle of the field and you go, well, if I step on that way, there's a gopher hole there. If I step that way, uh, there's, you know, rabbit poop over there. You know, I mean, you know, yeah. you, you can you can come up with all kinds of reasons to not make a move, but you will never uh, make it to that point of, you know, that you've decided you need to get to. Uh, you'll never get there. Uh, you have to make the conscious decision that you're going to uh, choose the best course possible. You're going to keep, you know, moving forward and you will get to where you want to go. Um, it, it It's so basic, but uh, you have, it, it comes with that mental decision. And some people have been so, I you know, either browbeat or, or whatever you want to call it, programmed uh, to uh, just uh, question whether or not they should lift the, lift the foot up and move it forward or not. Yeah. Uh, because I, yeah. Am I going to step on a, an endangered species plant or something? You know? Yeah, that's right. I'm going to kill know. a little baby fish. One of those little yeah. things or something. Yeah. Well, and here's the other part to it. Unfortunately, I think a lot of guys would have to stop and say, wait, 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 I, I need to ask my wife. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, unfortunately, and look, I'm not knocking guys for, for asking their, I, I, I kind of am, but here's the thing. There has to be that freedom. That, and look, when you know what's right, you know, what's right. You don't need to ask permission for it. When you know, it's the right thing to do. Some wives are going to say no, because they don't understand it's the right thing to do. You still have to be that man. And you still have to be that leader and say, well, honey, I'm sorry. Maybe you'll understand later, but this is something I have to do as a man, as a leader, as a guy, whatever, as a father, I'm going to mm-hmm. put my foot down no more this, no more that, let's do this, let's do that. Whatever it is, you have to do that. And and, and that's that conscious, that gut, that that voice, that, that small, you know, when we have to be still so we can hear. Most people can't hear anything, man. They never turn their radio off. They never have silence. They never have a quiet time. They never just talk with God. They never do that. Yeah. Do you ever have that you- thing when you're involved in something and your gut is just, you know, telling you that this is the wrong approach? That uh, you know, uh, you know, you're, you're listening to other people, and you're you're going, no, that's just that's not right. You know, I get that all the time, and it just wrenches my gut. That's right. And and then when I decide to follow what my gut's telling me, everything works out. It's a relief too, man. It's a relief. If you've ever hesitated and you've waited and you've like, I really need to do this and I'm going to put it off and put it off and put it off. And you felt so horrible that entire, every time you put it off again, you felt bad. Like, I know I shouldn't put this off. But then when you finally did it, how good that felt to Mm -hmm. not only get it done, but to get it off your list and to be able to move on and have that sense of accomplishment, go write a letter to a J6er, go find one in your state, go to Patriot Mail 
project, adopt one, send them $5, send them a letter that says, I'm going to send you 10 bucks a month every month that you're here. I'm going to help support your family. I can do a hundred a month. I can do a hundred to 10 different people a month, whatever your thing is. And, And writing letters and singing for freedom and contacting your congressman and senator. Listen, man, if we could get 50 people a day, what is that all? Just 50 people. It's a big country. Okay. Let's get 50 people a day calling each one of these senators and congressmen's office and bug their secretaries, man. 50 calls a day is a lot. That's like eight calls an hour, you know, six to eight calls an hour, depending on lunch and all that stuff. But you, you know, just making that many calls, they're going to, they're going to have to do something. And I know it, oh, they're not really going to change anything. No, but you could sure take up a lot of their time and let them know that there's that many people that are interested and then hold their feet to the fire. You know, we were talking about the hearing earlier with Mark, the the first J6 field hearing, you know, and it's great. I appreciate the opportunity, but they have to understand when Sarah Maccabee got up there to speak, she put them all on notice. And she said, I want you all to know that what happened to Roseanne and Kevin and Benjamin and, and Ashley and Sicknick are not the stories that you've been told. The truth is different. So you're all being put on notice to start investigations into the deaths of these people, you have to, 18 U.S. Code, subsection 4, it's misprision of felonies. If you know about a felony that's cognizable by the federal court and you don't report it immediately or as soon as possible, you can go to jail for three years. That means all those people sitting at that panel that she just told, y'all need to do this, they can all go to jail for three years. How many people here would like to see Marjorie Taylor Greene or Matt Gates or somebody in jail for three years for not doing what's right for not doing the will of the people, for not following the law, for, you know, rules for thee, but not for me. How does that happen? Because here's the deal. I have a friend that went to jail for two and a half years because he worked for a company. He heard they were doing bad things, so he quit, but he didn't turn them in. The FBI came and said, hey, did you work here? He said, yeah, but I quit. As soon as I heard anything, I blew out of there. They went, well, you should have reported it. Now you have to go to jail for two and a half years. That was a financial crime. This is murder. Mr. Gates. Yeah. Why didn't you say anything two years ago? Miss Taylor, Miss Green. Why didn't you say anything two years ago when Mr. Summerall first gave you this information that he has receipts and tickets for on when he gave you this information? Why have you never said anything to any authorities? And here's the other problem that we have. Who do you really report this to? You can't report it to the Capitol police because they're in on it. You can't report it to the Metro police because they're in on it. You can't report it to the FBI because they're in on it. The Rangers, the Marshals, all of them are related. Mm. So what you need is an independent investigative body. Kind of like me, the people kind of like the stop hate investigation team, Mm. stop hate investigation team, the shit. That's our acronym. <laughs> like it. Yeah, you don't want the shit on you, man. I'm just telling you. We, yeah, we figure yeah. stuff out. But anyway, it's it's literally that's what needs to happen. And that's where we need to push these politicians to hold them accountable and say, here's what needs to happen. We need an independent body. Here's some guys over here done a ton of work. There's some other guys over there. There's some guys. Let's put them all together and let's get to the bottom of this ourselves and hold some people accountable. But they won't. They won't. It's going to really be like you said, brother, up to us to get all this done. I just don't know what that looks like. So, so many people. What what's uh, what's in your future? What do you see in as far as uh, anything that you're working on or. Um, uh, you know, what's what's David's next uh, 
endeavor. You got David's, any the books? David, yeah, David's biggest focus has been investigation for these defendants with their lawyers. So we're trying to provide materials in the courtrooms that exonerate these folks or or show that the video they're using against them isn't what it's told, you know, and to show the truth. Um, the second is to testify in these trials. So I go back and forth to D.C., you know, and, and that's uh, arduous. I drive, like I said, so it's like a 20 some odd hour drive. It's a, it's a good drive. Yeah. One way. And uh, so there's loss of income, loss of work. I can't work when I'm doing all that. Plus, you know, $800 in gas there and back, all those things. And I try to do it for free. I sure don't. I don't charge the defendants because they have no money and no hope and no time for anything. Right. But if people want to help support, they can go to stophate.com slash support. I yeah. would appreciate a couple bucks for gas or a, a what do you call it cracker barrel dinner or something. I mean that's the only decent mm-hmm. food on the road. But uh, that 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 and I've got a, a couple of movie projects. I've got one that's uh, J six a true timeline that's going to really uh, go into major detail about the events that actually happened backed up on video with witnesses in a chronological order, just like writing history was in a chronological order from, you know, in beginning to end, this will be the most inclusive probably ever. I don't think anybody can outdo what we're doing on this film. This nice. is just jam full of evidence that, that people need to see and they need to know the truth and you need to be able to decide for yourself. And, and that's what we offer you the option to do with this. It's going to be good. Yeah. Are you getting quite a bit of, are you getting some decent cooperation to do these productions? No, man, I build the teams out every time, small knit groups. Uh, we've got, we kind of partnered with one other guy and his little team. So we're, we work together, you know, we submitted film to most of the documentaries that are out about J six. We've worked with most of the directors in, mm-hmm. in uh direction of their films, uh, you know, they, they consult me and say, what have we left out or what could we cover, you know, in this. And, and so I get to preview all these things and check them out. So right. that's cool. But uh, this last film, it's, it's, I guess the best director yet that, you know, not to knock Andrew, he, he did a fantastic job with bloody Hill, but this guy that that this doing this one, it, it looks really good. There is a, uh, a preview on our social media. I think we posted not too long ago, but it's, there's a there's a trailer for it here. The, for uh, you're talking about Bloody Hill, right? No, I'm talking about J Six, a true timeline. I didn't send oh. you that one, but you've got Bloody Hill, and uh, that I tell you, that was a really good film. That that turned out to be one of those things that will stand the test of time, brother. The the, the commentary from Juan and Trennis and myself, it's just timely and, and it's just honest and a little brutal. I believe. And I think that's what really resonated with people in that film. But Andrew did such a great job. And, uh, you know, I'd say it's Netflix quality. They, they could have put that film up, you know, and shown it. You got that clip pulled up on that one? Uh, which one do you look at? Bloody for? Hill? Uh, the Bloody Hill. Yeah, I've got the, uh, uh, the trailer. The trailer. Let's see what that looks like for people. We yeah, let's, let's uh, put it up on screen here for you. That'll work. Do, 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 do. Okay, where I, I, I've been moving my screens. And grab, grab that, grab that uh, writing history one when you're done. The short, the teaser, not the trailer, but the teaser. Oh, come on. I resized it here. There we go. That's always fun. All right. Here's the trailer. All right. On select committee, 
doesn't use the facts that we have. They use the make-believe story that they have. The definition of an insurrectionist is someone who seeks to overthrow the legitimate government of their country. We've already had a bloody hill. We do not want a bloody war. And the result is blood on the hands of those wicked people. They heard police saying that they were hoping to get a chance to beat some of these Trump supporters. history books. I'll, I will always be there as this is what's happened and it's a lie. They lied about the time by almost two hours to change and create this narrative. But if they divide the very people, that's what it's all about. United, we stand. Divided, we die. And that's just one of those unique, uh, you know, moments in time that we were able to capture. I, I think a lot of the emotion, a lot of the fact, you know, the, the mm -hmm. facts around the day and incorporate that into a, a digestible film that, that people, like I said, they really identify with it. They, they, they really good reviews as, as far as what people were able to draw from the movie. And that, that's the main point. It's all about information, but did you get the uh, writing history one pulled up there? uh just a second here yeah, click on that one and the thing about writing history people need to know you know it was unedited the only thing we did was cut the pieces of film down and put them in order you know and, and i want people to understand that you know god really built this film with what he gave us access to and his timeline and and in the beginning of the film uh, well, in the middle of the film, we, we get one of the deaths wrong, but at the end of the film, our statement is, you know, if these aren't the people who died, were there more? And, and I believe that, 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 that has come true. You know, unfortunately we were wrong about the one guy and there was someone else and, you know, but I'd say by and far, this is one of those, one of those films that <clears throat> it's a study film. And I want people to know if you can watch it on a bigger screen, do your phone's fine, but you can't really see the detail. You need a laptop or a tablet or your television and you can start and stop and rewind and, and, and look over this and listen, we, we got in trouble in the beginning. People said you didn't do anything to, to protect MAGA, but I want you to know it's not about protecting anybody. If you did something wrong, if you broke a piece of glass, you didn't need to pay for it. You know, that's the rules. Uh, we're rule followers. So we're all fine with that. It's not about trying to get anybody in trouble. It's not about protecting. It's we need to find out who the bad guys were. This is one of the only ways to do that is to watch the film. But but check out this teaser real quick. Okay, here we go. country this very hour in history those freedoms are at stake i have to say this i feel as a country and as a people we've taken these freedoms for granted 
for far too long. So we're going to the Washington Monument now, and uh, we're meeting everybody at, at uh, 8 o'clock. Behind me is the Washington Monument. So, David Summerall here with David Snow, and we just wanted to show all you people the Washington Monument right back here. And all these right people, there's like 2 million people back here. I think on the news they were saying there was like 3,000, but they were all right. Oh yeah, yeah they're all bad here. Uh, all those, all those chants for USA, USA must be violent or something. Yeah, so this is what's really happening out here, so you people can see what you missed out on. Sing a little louder. I know that everyone here will soon be marching over to the Capitol building to peacefully and patriotically make your voices heard. At the Capitol. We are walking to the Capitol in a mob. There's an estimated over 3 million people here today. So despite what the media tells you, boots on ground definitely say something different. There is a sea of nothing but red, white, and blue and patriots and Trump. And it was amazing to get to see the president talk. We are now walking down the inaugural path to the Capitol building. 3 million plus people. God bless America, patriots. Look, when it comes to the Capitol, they're lying about everything. Trump called patriots to D.C. And those of us who love our country and who love our president and knew that he was elected and that he won the 2020 election, we're not going to stand for a steal. Lord, in the name of Jesus, Lord God, that this evil that's been our voices and our votes were not going to be taken away from us. Go ahead and kill it. I say go ahead and kill it, Thumper. I think that you clicked on the whole movie. I might. Yeah. That's good, man. I hope people get a taste of it, and I hope that they go to StopHate.com, watch them for free, Writing History is the first one down a couple is bloody hill and, and please if you could do anything for me please share that with a couple of people that that's the main thing get these stories out and uh, share that website stophate.com because that's where people go to get the calls to action that help support these folks and you know, we've done really well you know with with a small number of supporters and and uh uh, you know, we, we always need more. We need a bigger family. We're trying to put more points on the board for these folks and all hands on deck. This is a very important time for us. So we appreciate any support we can get stop slash support. And of course, stop slash J six to support all our patriotic heroes that we should be holding in high esteem and, and really honoring them instead they're being, you know, drugged through the mud as political hostages. So yeah, thanks for letting us do this, man. And every single oh. time, dude, I appreciate it so much. Well, and uh, thank you for, uh, you know, 
being here and uh, helping out the channel. You do a lot to help Patriot Soapbox, so we appreciate that as well. Y'all have helped us so much, and, and J6ers especially, in just so many ways. And from the bottom of my heart, man, I thank you on their behalf. I know that that they appreciate that like nobody. When nobody will listen to them and y'all give them a voice, that, that, that means so much. So God bless you, my brother. Yeah. From the lakes of Minnesota to the hills of Tennessee, across the plains of Texas, oh, from sea to shining sea, from Detroit down to Houston, New York to L.A., where there's pride in every American heart, and it's time we stand and say. Today.